really think about how you like yourself and who you are around certain people. That's friends, relationships. And that has that's what's completely shifted. Like now the way I view dating is that I used to have this like list of it needs to check all these boxes. And now my list is a little bit different. It's more about myself. It's like, am I comfortable around this person? Do I feel like I'm respected? Do I feel appreciated? Like all these other things that have completely taken that power and I think pressure away from that other person. Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot these two. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. Let's get into it. I am so excited to talk to you, an author. How exciting for us. Have we even spoken to an author before, Ashley? I feel like we have not. Um, I don't know. I'll check my my dating history. <laughs> yeah, let's check the <laughs> records on that. Not a brand new that. author. We've never spoken to a brand new, fresh a author. A brand new New York Times bestseller. <laughs> just kidding. Let's hope so. (laughs) Um, Aspiring to be, soon will be. Um, We're really excited. Today we have on Miss Mary, and she has written an amazing book called Unveiling Alice. And she is in her 20s. She went through kind of a tragic story in terms of dating relationships, marriage, engagement. We'll let her speak to it. Um, but it's kind of a really, th- really relatable thing. Um, I want to get into it with her, but she's in Nashville, Tennessee. So she is in my neck of the woods, which is exciting. So we have to grab drinks after this. Um, immediately after? <laughs> immediately, in, if in not sooner. But I, I know it's almost happy hour. Happy Friday, happy hour. I almost forgot to say it. Um, but we're really excited to have you on, Mary. I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and just give us a little bit of rundown of who you are, where you're from, how old are you, and how the heck we got to where we are right now. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So um, as you shared, I live in Nashville now, um, but I'm not local here. So I'm originally from California. So I know you guys went to Pepperdine. I actually went to Cal Lutheran, which is like more you know inland away from the beach. Um, so that's kind of a fun connection we have. But yeah, born, born and raised in California. Um, and yes, I am now an author, so I can say that I'm a writer now, which is really exciting to add to my title, but Mm -hmm. my day-to-day is I work in tech, I'm a sales training manager, so I get to onboard new reps and help them reach their full potential and be successful, which is really great. Um, so you must be really patient. (laughs) You know what? I, I will actually give myself that credit after everything I've been through. Yeah, we will add that. Yeah. Very yes. patient. You're yes, telling yes. me if we need an IT person, now we have one. <laughs> We're expanding our team. Um, yes and no. <laughs> okay, so you grew up in California. How did you end up in Nashville? And kind of let's get into what the book is about because that's kind of yeah, the story. I can't too. wait. <laughs> yes. So, um, great question. So, my sister went to school out here and she's still out here with me. We room together now. Um, but I've obviously, I came out to visit several times in the past three, four years and just loved it, felt really drawn to it. Something about it, every time I came just felt like home. And so after my breakup, hence what the book is about, um, I was living back in California um, with my parents and a spot opened up with my sister. Her roommate was moving out. 
and it, the stars just aligned. So I took it and I really did not have anything um, to my name at that time. I just kind of packed up some suitcases. I hopped on a flight. I was already working remotely at my previous job. So it was just like took off a Friday, moved here. And then the next Monday it was starting, you know, in a new place with a new apartment. Um, and so that's wow. what, that's what led me here. Yeah. That but it sounds was really... like the perfect pilot episode for a sitcom. Does it, it not? <laughs> it, it, my life is a sitcom. So yeah, that's very accurate. Yeah. Sister, Completely. sister. I don't think that's trademarked or anything. Um, yeah. So I'm guessing you like your adult sister enough if you can like live with her. I feel like not a lot of sisters can do that. That's intense. Uh, yeah. You know, she's actually not the only sibling I've lived with. So I'm the fifth of six kids. So yes. Oh yeah. So many. Um, Try to beat that, so Abby. I, <laughs> Damn. How many, how many siblings do you have? I just have one brother who was oh. 21 years old when I was born. So I'm basically an only child. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So different I, um, lives, yeah. Mary, different lives. Yeah. Very, very big family. We're, we are thick as thieves. So I love it, but yeah, I've already lived with siblings and you know, it, it works out great. I'm, I'm so thankful that she welcomed me into her circle and her city. Uh, there's mm -hmm. no way I would be where I am. You know, I've only lived here about 15 months now. Um, just the friendships and community, you know, I, I owe so much of that to her. Cool. Six Six people is half a dozen. So do you feel like you could ever relate to Cheaper by the Dozen when you were growing up? Oh, absolutely. We, when we watched that movie, it is, yeah, it was like that every morning, like just the chaos trying to get in the car, the massive like Astro van, like that was yeah. our family. And now the three scrambled of my eggs siblings. in the hair, the frog oh, named Beans. Did you have Pork. <laughs> no. My... <laughs> Yeah, no, my parents were like, we can we can barely manage you kids. Yeah, there were no frog pets for sure. Well, that's so exciting. Anyways, moving on from your childhood, though, the thick of it. We are in the thick of it. So you are 23 when you meet your boyfriend, this man that is at the center of the plot and the story that you wrote about, like, just please give us the rundown because we're 23 and I cannot imagine... Yes, yeah, like so the events that then lead up to where you are now. Completely. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I was 23 and I was, I mean, very much like you guys just talked about this in your last episode with Adam, how, you know, coming when you're at a small private school too, there's lots of pressure. And I think especially when you're in, you know, a Christian community too, you want that ring by spring. You I had my list of what I needed in a man, and I met this guy and he checked off every box. So I immediately was like, this is it for me. I will do anything it takes to like lock this down. Um, and I fell in love with him. And so, yeah, I was 23 when I met him. I moved out to um, Colorado where um, he was living at the time and, you know, restarted in my Colorado? whole life. Um, Colorado Springs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Are you real familiar um, with Colorado? <laughs> I've been once. I went to Denver. <laughs> Then when I was 24, we got engaged and that was a week before the world shut down in 2020 with the pandemic and everything. Um, and obviously then we had a shorter engagement. I had turned 25. So by the time I was 25, our engagement ended um, just kind of mere days before our wedding was supposed to take place. Um, technically the day before what should have been the wedding, but with the <gasps> pandemic and everything, lots of things are having to shift. Um, so yeah, that is, that is what it is. I mean... <laughs> 
<laughs> that is what it is, yeah. But the story is following um, the character is Alice, and she has her life together. Everything is perfect. Her career, she has a fiance. It's all lined up, ready to go for her, and her fiance calls it off. Um, and so now she kind of has to find her way through this really embarrassing breakup um, that's really public and create her new beginning. And so that's, you're going to go along this journey with Alice. Um, and it's not an easy breakup. And I would say also the journey to owning your story and finding your spirit again um, after, you know, you've kind of lost your identity in another person and a relationship. Um, you're going to feel all those really raw emotions with her. So it's a happy ending, wow. I promise. But yes. Oof, that's a lot, Mary. That's a lot. Okay, well, fans are raving about the engagement. So I think that's what we need to jump into first because we were just talking about this. You don't see engagements getting called off these days with our social media generation just because everything is so public and it's such a big production. And back in the day, like in the 80s, people could be engaged for a brief stint and call it off maybe. And it just like wasn't as taboo or a big freaking deal as it is now. And it's a huge deal. Um, So... First of all, what was that like going through that? Because I'm sure it was really freaking hard. And also, were you blindsided or looking back now? And like stuff? if you were getting you voted off the road? island in Survivor, did you see how your alliances weren't as strong, or was it complete blindside sent home? Oh, uh, you ladies are funny. Um, Don't stroke our ego too much. Yeah. <laughs> completely completely blindsided um when you read the story and you find out where the breakup takes place you will understand why I was completely blindsided um because we weren't in like the comfort of you know his apartment we were in a public setting um and I will leave that up to like reading the book and finding that out (laughs) yeah Abby that's like in Jerry Maguire where his boss takes him to the restaurant to fire him because he's like you can't get too upset if you're in a public setting (laughs) That's true. Just like Jerry Maguire. Have you seen it, Mary? No, but you're pointing out some manipulation tactics. You should should watch. (laughs) When you go through something that catastrophic, I'm sure you go into a state of shock, especially mere days before the wedding. Were you paralyzed for a while? So, yes, I will say that when it first happened, it it took me a while. Like, it was said to me that it was getting called off, and it took me a minute – didn't take a minute. Took about, I was there for about 30 minutes. Like, no, this isn't happening. This no, because this is a, this is a decision two people make, not one person makes. And that wasn't the case. And so I was in complete shock. And then suddenly a wave just like hit me. And then my body just kind of was like, you need to get out of this situation. And I just knew immediately I needed to go home because I had already given up my lease. There were lots of other logistics that it doesn't matter. It doesn't come into play, but um, yeah, my body was in shock and, but I was kind of forced with the breakup and how some things unfolded that lots of things were happening out of my control. Decisions were being made without me. And it really kind of catapulted me into this place where it was like, Mary, no one's going to care for you the way you have to care for yourself. Like you have to want that for yourself and you have to look out for your own well being. Um, and that was really kind of a wake up call for me that I was like, all right, I have to own this. I have to take care of it because they're not going to take care of it for me. And things were just unraveling at a speed that I was not prepared for. I mean, I was still trying to understand how could this happen and still dealing with so much humiliation and shame. And as you guys talked about earlier, I mean, it was public. There were 
there were people that I had taken photos off my Instagram within like a week and a half. But even before I did that, um, people knew that I was getting married in a couple of days because people just, they care about me, you know, like people follow me and maybe they weren't invited to the wedding, but they still want to see wedding photos. You can say so, Mary, you're a celebrity. People care. People wanted to know. The fans wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. But I, I like to think that, but that's not the truth. Yeah. You guys don't go stroke my ego now. Okay. Um, so yeah. And so I just remember there was somebody who had reached out um, a few people and they're like, Hey, when are we going to get to see wedding photos? Isn't that coming up this weekend? And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize people were watching, you know, and I had to go back to my hometown. And of course it turned out to be like, I needed to go get a new phone within like the first week of me being there. And I'm in like the AT&T store. And then like this super great family friend is there and like, oh my gosh, aren't you getting married? Why are you home? And I'm like, oh good. Yeah. Let's, let's tackle this just in front of everybody. So yeah, very, very public and were you planning on having a big wedding? No. So from the beginning, it was definitely going to be smaller. Um, and I say smaller, but it's still insane to think where you're around like a hundred ish people, but yeah. with the pandemic and everything, we had to condense that down so many times. Then we kind of got to a point where it was like a backyard elopement style. Um, so yeah, it was definitely going to be much well, smaller. Well, thank God that for point. that at least. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> having to send like 200? I'm sorry. Don't come. Yeah. Well, I know. Gosh, I was, it's crazy because, and that's what I had to explain to people that I was still like trying to process the stress of, mm -hmm. okay, planning a wedding itself is stressful. Mm -hmm, planning right. a short, and then having a short engagement about five months, add on another layer of stress. Then the world shuts down and you have no idea what's going on. Nobody knows what's happening. And it's just the beginning of it. This is back in 2020. That's a whole other layer of stress. I'm also, we're living in another state. My family's in California. Like I am just, I'm in this new place, still trying to make a community. There were so many other layers of stress mm -hmm. and just commotion that I was still having to like process that, that I was like, how do I even process that? Now I have to process this breakup. Like so it's a many lot of spinning plates, lots of spinning plates. Yeah. Did you pass off the baton to like, your family and your maid of honor? Like, can you can't start calling people and canceling stuff? Yeah. Like I said, there were just things happening and you'll, you'll see this in the book too. So mm -hmm. one example, um, it's not too much of a spoiler because it's right at the beginning, but the next morning I woke up and I already had like text messages from like our premarital counselors. And I was just like, How, Oh my gosh. What? Like, so Who told this you? person was, yeah. And I was like, only my family knows and this person, my ex. And so, um, I, that's when I just knew I was like, things were just, like I said, happening at a speed so fast. I was not prepared for And it really was like a fight or flight situation. Like mm -hmm. I have to take care of this because this is just, it's, it's all happening so fast. It's all out of my control. And so, yeah, I just, I, and that's just my personality too, that I've just learned through this, that I'm very much like, I want to handle it on my own. Um, which is, I mean, you're from a family some, of six kids. You're yeah. a survivor already. <laughs> yeah, truly, truly a survivor. Yes. Of many fights growing up. Yeah. So I did just kind of handle it on my own and lots of things had already kind of shifted and changed, you know, with the pandemic wedding anyways. Um, so thankful for that, but yeah, I just, I just kind of took it on myself and did that. So I did leave it up to my parents to say like, as people ask and with mm -hmm. friends as well, that they would just 
share that. Like this was called off, um, you know, just obviously respect the privacy and space yeah. of that. But there wasn't, I didn't do any sort of social media announcement or I didn't send out an email either. It, it was just, yeah, it was Email it was blast. Yeah. You know, hearing your story, I have a very vivid image in my head of Right Where You Left Me by Taylor Swift. Are you familiar? No. Are you right not a Swifty? I am a Swifty. Why is that that clean? Yeah. <laughs> is it, was it a bonus track, Ashley, or was it on Folklore? I, um, I think it was a bonus. I think it was a bonus. Anyways. Okay. It's a song and it's like about how she's 23 and she gets broken up with like in a public place and the whole world keeps moving on, rushing past her. And she just sits there frozen right where she left, right where she was left. She just doesn't move. And it's just like that imagery is passing through my mind. And I'm like, wow, that that's Taylor Swift writes truth. Like that really happens to people. And that happens. Oh, to you. yes. I will say evermore was much more of the album that helped me through this. It came out the right time too. Um, when I think about like the song Tolerate It, mm. that's... Yeah, I was kind of thinking is, of that um, while you were talking to That, yeah, when people, two Fs. If, yeah, if people were to ask, <laughs> if people were to ask what, it, what the relationship was like and, you know, they're reflecting, I would say go listen and tolerate it. That's, that's okay. very much so. So, so juicy. So we're down in the dumps. Things are, they couldn't be worse, really. Things are horrible. But she's like, thanks for pointing out the obvious. <laughs> but we've, I think we've all been, most of us have been through like a, probably a really hard breakup or gone through some type of extreme loss or just had something built up in their minds where they thought their whole life trajectory was going to go one way and then things just completely switched. So after you had some time to process, after you kind of got your feet back under you, where was the light switch where you were like, I am going to document this. I'm going to make a positive spin out of it and I'm going to put it into book form. Like when did that idea come to you? Definitely. I wish there was like this lightning strike moment. Um, there wasn't. Um, I will just say that I had lots of people in my life, um, family and friends saying like, journaling was such a you know big thing. I've also always wanted to write a book and that's just been something that I've just had my heart set on. And so I does just Ashley. Never knew. Yeah, haven't started, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is your inspiration to start. Yeah, just this start writing. I'll publish my yeah, journal like in and- Bridesmaids where she's like, is this a sad <laughs> written book? <laughs> I love it. Yes. And so um, I had a friend go through um, the program that I went through and so she recommended it to me, but um, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It became such a massive form of healing. And I, I think I knew too, when I thought about like, how would I write this story? Do I want to write it as nonfiction or do I want to write it as fiction? Nonfiction goes down such a dangerous route with a personal experience that obviously mm-hmm. involves someone else. And I will say, and I've said this again and again, and you'll even know it when you read the book to be true, but like, I still am very protective of this person. And, um, obviously still want what's best for them after all of this. And so the fiction route was a way that I could really own what happened, kind of get that power back within myself and then create a magical ending um, that I get to decide what it is and nobody else does. And so it was my way of like kind of finding myself and also finding what I want and what I need for my future and the direction I'm headed. So I think that was really the inspiration through it all. And I think the big thing too, is that I really, I wanted to get to a place where I could forgive him. And so Mm -hmm. I was like writing that out, going through those emotions. Um, It was, yeah, that was kind of the big thing for it. So 
Yeah, that was going to be one of my other questions too, because your name is Mary, but the book was is unveiling Alice. So I was like, oh, interesting. She chose to write it as like a fiction story, but was Alice like inspired by Alice in Wonderland or did you just really like that name or what was that? <laughs> um, it's one, it is my middle name and I am named after ah, my grandma and she um, is obviously a massive role model in my life. The book is dedicated to her and my mom. Um, so yeah, that was a fun kind of spin on it. It just, it felt like a fit. So I love it. Or what are some like tangible steps for, this is kind of comparable to when someone like passes away and you have like the flurry of like planning the funeral and then that's all over and done with. And then what happens in the immediate weeks after, what are some like looking back tangible steps for someone that's going through such a big catastrophic life change that you realize you could have done better or you did a good job doing to kind of like pull yourself out of the hole when things slow down? Yeah, That is such a good question because I, there are actually things that I wish I had done differently. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some areas that I think I did really well. I think on paper, it looked like, oh, she is moving on and doing all the right things. I got super involved in running and, um, you know, I moved to a new place. I was still working really hard at my job. I didn't, I didn't take really any time off. I started traveling a little bit more. I was posting a lot that I was going out. I you were in your reputation wo- era. Oh, come <laughs> oh, I am still in my reputation 100%. era. This is just the beginning. Yes, and so um, it was great. And but I will say that I internally was not really taking care of myself. I don't think I was talking about it with people enough. And I am so fortunate to have obviously such a big family, but such a big support system, friends, family, community wise, in all sorts of different, you know, states and areas of my life um, that I just, I don't think I let them in as soon as, you know, I could have. And that really led to like some debilitating like uh, places or uh, not places. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, some really challenging times in my life where like anxiety and depression were really taking over. Um, and I had to, you know, then go to therapy and start really working through that. But I think the biggest thing is like, don't push people away. I think if you are fortunate enough to have that support system, lean on them. Like Mm -hmm. we want to be there for those people. And I think I was very much like, no, I don't want to be this burden to others. Like this is this is my problem. And I felt that for the longest time of, I couldn't keep him happy. I wasn't what he wanted. I'm not enough. And oh, man. lots of, oh yeah. Ugh. Lots of feelings like I'm at fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I didn't want to involve anybody else in it, um, which was, you know, just not the right thing. But I think what I've learned now going through it and reflecting on it is that those people were also mourning that loss. That is very difficult for your parents to have to pick you up at the airport days before your wedding because it got called off and difficult for my siblings to watch me go through that. And, you know, this is someone they also trusted to take, take care of me and love me for the rest of my life. And they're losing that person too. And friends as well. Like it's difficult and sad for everybody. And so, um, I don't know. I think the big thing was just like, I needed to accept that sympathy from others. And that was really hard for me. So that's one thing I would do differently, but some of those tangible pieces, I think running was a big thing. So exercise, getting outside and therapy is huge too. Um, We're big therapy girlies. We love it. Yeah. Here on Just Go With It. Ask us if we're currently going. The answer is no, but we, we love no. it. Can't imagine paying for it, but better help and stuff is out there. Not sponsored. Yeah. 
it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And then I think too, my faith was a big thing too. Mm-hmm. I think if I wasn't so strong in my faith, um, I would have been really lost. And I think getting to a place of forgiveness would have been really difficult too. So I'm extremely thankful for that. And um, whatever that looks like for people, I just think really tap into that. So mm-hmm. I know that for people that are that love people that have gone through something, when you start to like hang out with them again, it's kind of an awkward, do I ask them how they're doing about the situation? Or do I pretend everything's fine because they don't want to talk about it? And so from a like best friend or family perspective, what do you think is a good way to like navigate that? That's such a good question, Ashley. Oh my God. That's a good question. (laughs) Um, Well, first I will just say there were, there were lots of people that I did not hear from that at the time really hurt. I'm now in a place where I'm not like bitter holding against it. And I was just talking about this with someone the other day, but it's better to just say something than to not say anything at all. And you don't have to say anything extravagant. I think um, one thing, if you just wanted to reach out and just say, I'm thinking about you and I hope like you're going to have a good day. Something as simple as that to know that like, just let them know that like you crossed their mind. And I think that's just massive. Um, And there were Mm -hmm. lots of people who would do that. And that meant a ton. I didn't, I did not need a paragraph from you. That's like the last thing I wanted was like, so much of that um, because it gets to a point where I just, I hated seeing that pity like come on people's face. And I was like, I don't, I already felt like the girl with like broken engagement tattooed across her forehead. Like I was truly like, I'm going to be stuck in this image for the rest of my life. Like that's what people are always going to associate with me. Um, And so just things that kind of lift me up that aren't involved in that is super helpful. But um, I think also just, I think we have to also, trust that people are going to be honest with us if they don't want to talk about it. And there were definitely times I had to kind of set those boundaries and barriers with my family. If they were talking about something or my ex that I would have to say like, Oh, that's enough, you know, or I would just excuse myself from the room. Um, But I think I just, I stand by the, you know, the standard of it's better to have like loved and asked than to like, not Mm -hmm. at all. So um, I would rather learn my lessons through trying than not trying. And that would be my advice to everybody else. That's good. That's so inspiring. I love it. I'm ready to get my heart broken. If there's anyone out there who wants to. Abby's ready for her reputation era. Direct text from her two weeks ago. Uh, Okay. So switching gears back onto the book a little bit. What is, so you set out, you say that you're going to write this book. What is the first steps that you take? Do you start going through your journal and like pulling pieces? Do you have have a real editor also, or was it just like family, friends reading over it? No, I did. So I went through a program and it's Creators Institute. um, And then they get us um, teamed up with New Degree Press, who then published my book. So this professor started this program. So you sign up for it. And then, yes, I did have a developmental editor who helped me get my first manuscript done. And then I had a master editor after that. And then it goes through so many other waves of editing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, it is, it's intense and you have to have very thick skin to go through it. Mm -hmm. And it was hard because they say (laughs) that's Abby's favorite. (laughs) I was writing about a personal experience too. So Mm -hmm. there were times that like I would be writing and they would leave a comment like, you need to dig deeper here dig deeper here and I was just like I don't know if I'm ready to dig deeper there and, share that. and they're like yeah they're like you have to they're like we need to feel what Alice is feeling and I'm like oh, okay 
Um, so, but the process, yeah, I mean, I spent my weekends just writing my Monday through Friday secured for work. I did not work on the book. I was like, this is my focus time on everything else. And then I would spend every Saturday and Sunday morning in a different coffee shop around here in Nashville writing. So to all the strangers who probably saw me shed tears in random coffee shops, um, Thank you for not making a scene of it or ever filming me and putting me on TikTok or on blast because that was definitely Or at least you've never case. found it yet if they have. That's, that's also true. That's true. That is true. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So how about how long did it take? Like a year, a few years? Yeah. So I started writing at the end of January 2021 and my book was complete, sent off to the printers December 2021. Um, and so it just published last week. So it took, yeah, a year from beginning to mm-hmm. end of, you know, starting to type to sending it off to the printers, um, getting the manuscript done. That first manuscript took about four and a half months. Um, and then after that, there was just like six to eight week chunks of like editing periods where I would spend so much time going through it, send it off, get it back, go through it again, mm-hmm. send it off, get it back. Um, so yeah. And it was really great because the program I went through you have people pre-order and they are actually, some of them can be beta readers. So I was able to kind of like have some people read things beforehand. They got to see. Like a focus group. Yeah. They got to help me design my cover as well and give their feedback on it, um, which was really fun as well. So. Cool. If I wrote a book, I wouldn't want anyone I know to read it. <laughs> I would want to you know, ensure it is. that no one I knew you read block it. everyone you it know just, on social media. It feels too intimate. <laughs> And I didn't even go through anything like what you went through. And I feel like it's too intimate. And we have a podcast intimate. and we talk about it, our lives. I but know. Like, my God. I don't want people to know that I can write or something. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm sit- so I'm sitting in this WeWork and I now have this new WeWork crush here. And it's so great. And I told him that I wrote a book. Yes. And he, yeah, I, I went up his door the other day. <laughs> truly. And he was like, I'm going to buy it. And so the other day I went up to him and I was like, hey, have you read the book yet? He was like, you know, I haven't started it. And he paused. He was like, but I did read the back of it. And he paused again. I was like, yeah. And he's like, that's really intimate. <laughs> just like, yeah, buddy, it is. What did you think so, it was about, sir? Alice in Wonderland, like I thought for the first four seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it definitely is. And that was something to think about, too, when writing like certain scenes that my dad and my brothers are going to be reading this. And mm-hmm. so. Ooh, and there's like, some put spicy in- scenes. spicy but pg yeah pg spicy i read something recently and it was saying it was an author and she was saying that when she was writing the best advice she got was pretend that your parents are never going to read it just pretend Mm. that they have no access to it ever and worry about all of that at a later date (laughs) or don't let them read it yeah you don't worry about anything so (laughs) so true I know. I'd be like, oh, we could just skip over this part. My editor would be like, no, I want to know what that kiss felt like. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, okay. <laughs> a little bit of cringe. Yeah. My, my brothers skip past. Yeah. Before you started writing, did you, like, outline everything that each character was? Did you completely characterize them to, like, keep your thoughts straight? Or did you just kind of figure that out as you went along? 
Yeah, so you definitely want to do that. You want to visualize the character and you think about like, what are the hobbies of this character? Like, what would this character do if they mm-hmm. had a Sunday afternoon to themselves? So what do they wear? What does their closet look like? What do they smell like? You go through all those different things to, you know, create them. Um, a decent amount of characters in my book are based off real people in my life. So I knew them pretty well. Um, yeah, I was going to say, do you have to really imagine it if they're people you know, or did you have some fictional characters that you completely made up? Oh yeah, we have lots of fictional characters in there okay. too. So I'm so excited um, to read it, by the way. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I'm excited to hear what you guys think about it too. But yeah, I for the ones that I had to make up, you go through all of that. And so it's it's kind of fun because people are like, Oh, I really love this character. And I'm like, Yeah, I love him too, because I got to make him up. Obviously, like they're a perfect character because yeah. that's like a dream guy in a dream world. <laughs> so So now that you've no written wrong. this book, you have one book under your belt. Do you have like you know how people get the travel bug? Do you have the rook book writing bug? Like, do you want to write more? I definitely do. I will say yes. And it's become this fun little joke that I'm like, now, you know, the Taylor Swift of authors. And I'm going to tell guys, like, don't mess with me because I will write a book about you. The we work, um, man. But no, I, I, yeah. <laughs> we work, yeah, man. No, I definitely, <laughs> yes, I definitely have um, the writing bug, I would say. And I have already started, you know, getting just things down because that's the biggest thing. If to anybody who is considering writing a book, especially if it's on a personal story, jot everything down, just get started because mm-hmm. it does take a lot of time. Um, but you just, yeah, you just have to get that pen to paper. So have you ever thought about also, I'm not sure the exact process this takes to go through, but doing an audible version where you do like an audiobook where you're reading it, because I feel like that'd be very powerful since it is mm-hmm. basically about your life. You know, I know somebody asked me that. They're like, is there an audible version coming? And I said, what no. What about I, for all of the lazy people? I, <laughs> the people with tired eyes. <laughs> what if they want to hear the story? <laughs> I guess they'll have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> I or, wish the only, the only thing with audible... <laughs> I guess the only thing with um, doing an audible version is that there are characters with like different accents. And I mean, there's like, mm-hmm. Abby does I don't think I actually told you this, but I'm actually a voice actor. Abby does voices. I could actually do multiple characters in your book all within my repertoire. <laughs> I did not know that. Wait, um, really? It's inspiring. I haven't, you could be my first we gig. Keep, <laughs> we keep talking about doing a demo tape for her because she always does voices with our friend group of people that we know in our life and she you know how well. mrs doubtfire robin williams at the beginning is like i do voices and then he goes and like does a bunch of different things yeah. i could do that for you mary just like if you want we'll send you I, a demo you wouldn't have to pay me just like let me know if I you ever <laughs> are gonna do that and i could use that as my demo tape so if perfect if that's in the works i mean i'm in nashville it'd be really easy so i love it i'll i'll pick a chapter for you to read yeah. out loud she has and, a like, mic. send me the demo <laughs> yeah it's perfect yeah okay cool We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> but why wouldn't you do, Abby aside, why wouldn't you do an Audible version? <laughs> um, the biggest thing with it was just cost. Um, so oh, going really? through this program, it, yeah, there was money like up front that I had to pay to go through oh. it. Um, yeah, versus, but it was so much better than doing just completely self-published. That's really hard. And I I'm commend sure. authors who do that because I am so thankful for the team that I had that helped me along the way. Um, I could not I mean my writing from where it started to where it's at now has just grown and improved tremendously Mm -hmm. and that is all to the credit of the editors who really challenged me 
Um, and so kind of same way with, you know, just going with an audible version, it's, it would just be, yeah, additional costs that I just haven't tapped into yet, but maybe book number two. So we're hopeful. Book number two, new characters, new voices, new voice actors. Also, Abby wanted to do a physical CD for her voice demo. And she's like, how are we going to get it to the publishers? And I said, we're in the digital age. It's called an email. <laughs> I wanted to Taylor Swift circa 2006. Bring yeah, she wants to, to knock on doors <laughs> with the CD. I love it. Um, so now that you have one book under your belt, I'm sure that you just write for fun also. But are you going to do any sort of like, I'm just asking for myself, actually, some sort of like writing workshop to like make sure that you're still getting your writing critique? Because we're not in school anymore. So there's not necessarily someone critiquing your personal writing if you don't seek them out. Um, that's a, I mean, that's a good point. I think it's just, if you just continue writing, it's just going to get better. I think kind of like, you know, when you're th- back to like elementary school, like how mm-hmm. to become a better reader, it's like, just continue reading. Like yeah. that's what teachers always told us, just continue practicing. Um, and so I think when we get to that, and now going through this process, I know that it truly, when it when you're writing a book, they just need you to show that you can get 50 to 60,000 words down on paper within a certain time frame, and that you can get that you can get readers from a beginning to an end and that it makes sense. They, that is all that they need to see when it comes to grammar and all that other stuff. They are like, do not go back. They tell you like your first manuscript, like just write it, do not go back and read it and then submit it and let us, they will, they will move things around. They'll say, this is so unnecessary that you're repeating this. My, my Lanta stop adding commas after everything. Like there are just so many things that they will take care of, but they really just want to know, like, are you able to tell a story? And yeah. That's the big, that's the big thing about it. So I would say almost practice like your storytelling, if mm-hmm. anything. How helpful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I think it'd be good to kind of close this out besides with having you plug yourself. We all, we all want to know where to buy it. We need to know where to get unveiling Alice. So first answer that, but also just, if you have any general advice, like big sister vibes to people in their twenties who are either in relationships, not in relationships, probably going to go through a breakup at some point or another, or just a big life change. Like what, mm-hmm. what have you learned? What do you want to say to them? I have so much to say. I wish say I could it. just like hug everybody. <laughs> um, I think it. I know, and it's it's going to be repetitive from what Adam just said on your previous episode. But like, really think about how you like yourself and who you are around certain people. That's friends, relationships, and that has ha- that's what's completely shifted. Like now, the way I view dating is that I used to have this like list of it needs to check all these boxes. And now my list is a little bit different. It's more about myself. It's like, am I comfortable around this person? Do I feel like I'm respected? Do I feel appreciated? Like all these other things that Mm -hmm. have completely taken that power and I think pressure away from that other person. Because at the end of the day, I was putting this person on a pedestal and I had to own that as well. I was they were everything. They were my identity. This relationship was my identity. So when all that was stripped away from me, which it it has proven can happen on any day at any given moment um, that then I'm like, what am I left with? And it was a long journey to kind of find my Mary spirit again, as I call it. And so that would be my big thing is just don't lose like who you are for someone else. Like there, there is someone out there who's going to love you and appreciate you for who you are. And I've had so many friends and just family really prove that in this time of healing that I am worthy of who I am. and I don't need to change myself for anybody Um, so that's my biggest thing is, you know, if you're sitting there with this list of, you know, boxes to check for that, another person needs to fulfill, we're all human. And also people change, 
So focus on yourself because yeah, when you might want the athletic guy who hits the gym all the time and 10 years down the road, he might not want to do that anymore. That might, you know, or there's something that changes in his life and he can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And so then what is that going to let you down? Cause you place so much, you know, emphasis on that and needing that and life changes, people change. So that would be probably my big sister advice there. Cool. Trash or list. That I can get. <laughs> Trash your list. People change. Figure out who makes you feel good about yourself, who you feel good around. In friendships too. Where can the people, first of all, find you personally? <clears throat> Not your address, but like your Instagram. <laughs> and then, where can they stalk yeah. you? And then where can we buy your book? Is it uh, in stores or online only and stuff? Yes. So right now it's only online. I'm working to get it into some bookshops here in Nashville, Mm -hmm. which I hope to do. But yes, it's available on Amazon. The title is Unveiling Alice. It's also available barnesandnoble.com. So Unveiling Alice. Um, And then personal is just at Mary Crocker on Instagram. And then my TikTok is Mary Crocker 5, which I have plugged in on my Instagram too. But yeah, I post a lot of like fun little videos about the book and just about the breakup. And I, trust me, like no one's going to roast me harder than I roast myself about having a broken engagement. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's all in good fun. Like there are people who sometimes respond. They're like, Oh my goodness. I'm like, you guys, you have to learn to laugh at it. Like if I sit here in this like dwelling place, like it's not good for anybody. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Humor really is the best medicine is what I have learned. It, it really is. And that would be, I guess, my second piece of big sister advice is like surround yourself with people who are funny and make you laugh. And that's going to look different for everybody. Like everybody mm-hmm. has different senses of humor, but like, I truly just like, can't imagine my life without the like hilarious people I have in it who just make me mm-hmm. crack up all the time. So and sometimes yeah. it looks like listening to just go with it every Friday, surrounding yourself with <laughs> every people Friday. That make you laugh. Yes. Yeah. You know, it looks different for everyone, but for some people it looks like that. <laughs> Yes, and I think everybody should listen to it every Friday. So great And whatever there. Mary says goes. So. <laughs> Nothing um, else matters. She's taking over the podcast. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience, being so open and vulnerable with us. It was so interesting to kind yeah. of hear your story, of course, without spoiling any of the juicy details. We'll have to buy the book to get all of those. I'm so excited. Um, but just thank you so much. It was so great speaking with you and I cannot wait to see where the next book takes you, where your life goes. Yes. Thank you so much. I know. Thanks for having me on. This podcast has been so great. And I will just say too, I mean, I commend you ladies, like I'm 26 and you guys are 23, right? Yeah. 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 And you guys have like a full on (laughs) podcast running. Don't say, Oh God. Yeah. I'm older. (laughs) And I'm like, this is amazing that you guys have this. Um, it's so great. And just seeing all the guests you guys have had on. Um, I mean, I myself, even being 26, like still love it and resonate with so much and just the guests that you've had on. So um, to anybody listening to this, keep listening because it's fabulous. So thank you. Aww, thank you. Our egos yes. are stroked equally. Yeah, I consider them stroked. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. And yes, Abby, we will have to go get drinks here in Nashville soon too. So it's yes, perfect. I'm so down. Time and place. Let me know. Everyone, thanks for listening. See you next Friday. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and go ahead and leave us a review. And if you're looking for even more comedic relatable content, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at justgowithit.podcast. That's all for now. And don't forget to just go with it.